bow our heads for prayer. Heavenly Father, sometimes we feel like like where we stand in this world is It's kind of hard. We, we struggle to share the gospel sometimes because, well, the world not only rejects, but it, but it laughs. And we don't like to be laughed at. Lord, help us in your word today to remember your wisdom and, and your power. And to remember that your word might seem foolish, but that it is, it is the power to, and the key to unlocking eternity. Lord, we pray, give us the strength by your Holy Spirit to continue to share the words and the message that the world sees as foolish. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul writes it in our epistle lesson today as he writes to the church at Corinth. This is his first letter to this church, a church that exists in a city that is full of corruption and sin, a place that kind of laughs at and turns it back not only on, on the God that we know, but on a whole lot of different religious things. It is a, a city that has corrupted even the, the worship of its own gods. And Paul writes, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It's an interesting line. Well, what it reminds us in a very, very sometimes profound way, but in all simplicity, it reminds us that the cross goes, goes against all of the wisdom of man and all that man considers powerful. You start looking at the scriptures and you start unfolding them and there are things that man struggles with. How could that be true? It's just got to be a made-up story. There's no way that a man could be swallowed by a, a giant fish. There's no way that the walls of Jerusalem would come falling down just because people walked around it and shouted. There's no way that that the children of Israel could have been led by God across the Red Sea, so let's just change the place of their crossing to a place that maybe makes a little more sense and is a little easier. And a man who claims to be God, born of a virgin, who's ever heard of that? And how could a man who died on a cross 2,000 years ago have anything to do with me today? 
After all, I look at the science of this world and it tells me so much that contradicts. And we put ourselves into a place by our own wisdom that is higher than God's wisdom. And we look at those who follow the word of God in all of its truth as, as people who are weak, who don't know how to stand up on their own two feet. They rely on something called prayer and all they're doing is speaking empty words. A cross, a savior, Even the Romans were more powerful than Jesus. They crucified him dead. And there is no resurrection. When you're dead, you're dead. That's all there is. No heaven, no hell. That's how the world talks. And we find it a challenge sometimes to, to do what we are called to do. To focus on the cross of Christ because that's where all of history points to. All of the Old Testament points us to a Messiah, to a Savior, to one who is going to come to pay for the sins of the whole world. Both Jew and Gentile. And yet as Paul writes... It is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Why? Because it's man-centered. You see, man doesn't want to be held accountable. Man doesn't like the idea that somehow he has to answer to another power or authority. We express it all the time, but we just don't understand exactly what we're saying. And we used to really do it when we were teenagers. You've all heard the phrase and probably uttered it. It's my life. How's it finish? I can do with it as I please. You know, if there's a greater lie that Satan has planted into the sinful hearts of man, I can't think of one. Because the minute that we think that our lives belong to us, we begin to live like they belong to us. And we forget that the very life that we have is a gift given to us from God, not so that we serve ourselves, but so that we walk in his ways. I will be your God, and you will be my people. Therefore, you shall have no other gods before me. We don't even need to read the rest of them. Let's just stop there. Because you see, when we say it's my life, I can live it like I want to, we've just replaced God with us. Paul knows that. 
That's why he says, Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. You see, the the message of the gospel, the message of scripture is that it is not our life, that it belongs to God because he made us and he formed us and he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us. He bought and he paid for our lives. They belong to him. We preach that, but that's foolishness to the world. And the world says, well, then prove it. Give me signs that show that your God is real. Because it just doesn't make sense to me. And we struggle at times. Because we do indeed preach Christ crucified. For the sins of the whole world. For those who rebel against God by their own sinful human nature. And as we preach this, it is a stumbling block. To not only Jews, I think, but to a lot of people. And it's foolishness and folly. And we have no way of proving it true. You see... We are left simply to grab a hold of it by faith. We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, and we can insert the words here, called by the power of the Holy Spirit through the gospel of Jesus Christ, those who are called to know the truth, those whom hearts have been cracked open and we have repented and we understand our need for Christ and the foolishness of relying upon ourselves. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. It's because of Jesus Christ that we have the power to turn to one another and say, your sins are forgiven. It's because of what Christ did on the cross in all of his weakness that the promises of God are made perfect. For when we are weak, he is strong. In our submission to God, in our submission to Christ and all that he has done, we recognize our own weaknesses, our own failures, our own disobedience, our own pride and arrogance that wants to drive a wedge in between us and God and between us and other people. And we fall to our knees and we ask for forgiveness because we know as we read through the commandments that we can't even get past the first one without saying 
I'm wrong. I've sinned. We are so lured sometimes by man's wisdom that we depart from God's wisdom. We're so enamored by the things of man that we begin to question the truth and the reality of God himself. That's what Satan wants. But Paul reminds us, the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers. And I love this. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. You know who Paul just described there? He described the disciples. Look who Christ chose. He didn't chose those who were wise according to worldly standards or rich or powerful or noble. He chose individuals who are just like us. People that the world might look at and go, huh. He chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. You know, God does that sometimes. How many of us have heard words out of the mouth of a two-year-old that put us to shame? Anybody? I have. I remember when my oldest daughter, my wife, had to rush her to the hospital because I was preaching at a Lenten service. And she was so sick that she, she had to leave. And she left our our youngest child at the time, she just took her over to the church nursery and left her there. She didn't know what else to do. And afterwards, she had called me and left a message, and I picked it up, and she said she'd taken my daughter to the hospital. And so I picked up my youngest daughter and put her in the car, and I'm taking her over to the lady who did daycare for us, and she agreed to take her in and, and be with her. And on the way to daycare, here's my two-year-old Sarah, maybe three, in the back seat, in that car seat. And she says, Dad, I said, what? Don't you think we should pray? God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise and what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Dad, shouldn't we pray? 
Talk about being humbled. I was certainly thrilled that my daughter knew what prayer was. But at the same time, humbled in my own shame because I didn't think of it before she did. I'm sure that we can all relate to similar types of things in our lives where we who consider ourselves wise and strong in faith are put to shame by someone else. God chose us, not because we're smarter or wiser or stronger, because we have more wealth or whatever it might be. See, God chose us because he loves us. And he doesn't care what the world thinks about us. He calls us to be faithful because we have a Savior who died for us. And he works that faith into our hearts and in our lives so that we don't have to depend on our own wisdom or our own strength, that we don't have to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, as the saying used to be. Because when you think about that, that really is kind of foolish. He gives us Jesus. Sent him into this world in a lowly place. Sent him to those who are in need of healing from sin. He sent him to the low and despised in the world. Why? So that when we boast, we can't boast in our own strength. We can't, um, you know, uh, pat ourselves on the back and give ourselves credit. And sometimes when we find ourselves in those challenging and difficult places in life and we finally resort to prayer to the Lord. And when God delivers us and answers those prayers, we cannot give credit to anyone else other than God Almighty. And so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. We can't boast in ourselves. And it's because of the Holy Spirit working through the power of the word and the gospel that we have faith. Because of him we are in Christ Jesus. Who became to us wisdom from God. And righteousness and sanctification. And redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. Let him who boasts boast in the Lord. In our conversations, in our lives, as we go about our daily work in this world, Let us boast 
not in our own skills or talents, but recognize where they come from. And let us share Jesus. And if the world laughs, so be it. They laughed at him. If the world mocks, so be it. They mocked at him, but we stand in the truth. We stand in the truth. And we, we preach, we teach, we share Christ crucified. For your sins, for my sins, for the sins of the whole world. In Jesus' name, amen. Keep your eyes on the cross of Christ. And now may the peace of God, which passes all of our human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the true faith of God in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.